As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I have a really special treat today. So you're usually used to me doing a solo episode on Friday and you're in for a real treat. This is actually something that I have thought about so many times. Could I find somebody in the world to get on my solo episodes with me and interview me instead of me sitting here and talking? You know why? Because it's really awkward to sit here and stare at yourself in Zoom, talking to a microphone, pretending you're talking to millions or billions of people listening to you on the other end, who may be listening to you like years into the future, which is really weird to think about. And so I was sitting here chatting with my really good friend, Nikki Nash. Say hi, Nikki. What's up, everybody? <laughs> my, my special guest. Nikki is such a good friend, and we also recently decided to partner together in business. So we have some really cool things coming out. In 2023, we are starting a brand new mastermind meets implementation meets community. It's called Wealth Builders Collective. So like you can be joining that right now. We're starting a podcast together in 2023. It's also going to be equally amazing. And we run workshops and wealth builders forums together. We've been doing that for the last couple of months. Nikki and I talk almost daily. We just took a mindset class together for the last 14 weeks. And we've ju- we're just like closer than ever. I mean, in business, personal life. Oh, by the way, she's flying here to come see me in January. And so Nikki and I were just chatting. We had a We had a business meeting together. And, uh, just like in full transparency, she and I both were like, we both have podcast episodes to record today to get over to our podcast editors for a release date on Friday, which is two days from now. And my podcast editor is probably going to send me a private message any moment now asking me where my episode is. And so Nikki goes, I have the most brilliant idea idea ever. Why don't I interview you for your show and you interview me for my show? Because Something that Nikki and I have discovered about ourselves is we actually say the most profound, brilliant things when someone else is interviewing us. So Nikki, I have no idea. Actually, I do kind of know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what's limiting your capacity to impact more people in your business through the programs that you offer. So this is going to be really fun. So everybody, welcome Nikki Nash to the show. I am so freaking excited to be here and I'm so excited we're doing this and it's just fun. Well, you know, something that you and I have talked a lot about is being really honest about what your strengths are and where you shine and in what way you shine best and really owning that, like really owning that. I think in this industry, 
we see what other people are doing. And, and the, I mean, I've definitely thought this for, it's like, oh my God, she or he is so good at that. How did they become so good at that? Are they just like naturally good at that? And then you think, well, I'm not as good as they are at whatever I see them doing. I've got to become that good as well, because if I don't, then this whole thing is not going to work. And we just make, oh my gosh, we like start a fire in our minds around this stuff. And, you know, something that I have recognized is that when I'm interviewed on someone's podcast or I'm interviewed for a show or I'm interviewed for anything, or when you sit here and ask me questions, that's actually how Nikki and I figured it out. I feel like I say the best stuff, but then when I'm sitting here by myself and just press record, it's like I go blank. A hundred percent. That's literally why, because to add to our love fest, we also have like use, like work with the same assistants and like part of our team. And I literally today was like, Hey, so I'm an external processor and I need to talk things out. So can we just have a meeting where I essentially talk things out with you? And then yeah. we, you can like take it and put it in Asana and give me homework assignments, but I need to yeah. talk this out. And some people put themselves down because that's what works best for them because they think, well, I should be able to do this on my own. I should be able to figure this out on my own. I'm the visionary. I'm the business owner. I should just know all the things. And it's, it's, that's not true. Not at all. You have more heads together. You just more perspectives together, more life experience together, experiences together. People hear things differently. You get downloads, you have ideas, you start sharing them, you start talking about it out loud. And that's where it really becomes this awesome thing. A hundred percent. And I'm all about just like doing what works for you. Like, do you boo? Like if you need to um, sit with someone and talk things out, do it. Sometimes I literally walk and talk to myself and record it because that's where genius comes out. And so it's just doesn't matter if it's a little weird um, or not what everybody else is doing, but if it works for you, go do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the more people that you work with and I work with who are doing like really well in their businesses or have multiple businesses, the thing that I have recognized the most is that they literally have teams of people around them. And I don't mean a team of full-time employees. A team could be a spouse, a team member could be a contractor, a team member could be a really good friend, a team member could be focus group, it could be part-timers, full-timers, contractors, all the things. They literally have the vision and they talk about the vision and they deliver very few things in their business. They're delivering to their clients. They're training their clients, they're mentoring, coaching their clients, but everything else, they're coming up with how to do this and how to do that. And, you know, have a photo of photographer for a photo shoot, a graphic person, a video person. I mean, for all the ideas that entrepreneurs have, little idea, you know, small things just to enhance their business and grow their business. They're not doing all that. They have the idea. They pick up the phone. They voxer someone and say, hey, can you help with this? And how fast can you do it? And when can you do it? And they're just making decisions so fast. But that's what I've noticed you know, working behind the scenes for a lot of businesses, they've got a team of people who are around them, helping them every step of the way all the time. A hundred percent. And I'm sure that that's a big way in which people can impact up more folks, right? Like grow their reach, grow their impact. And I think so often uh, people try to do it in a way that somebody else is doing it. And they're like, Hey, you know, Meg does this in her business you know, she has a podcast. 
She does workshops. She has uh, amazing posts on Facebook and on Instagram. I need to do everything Meg's doing. And then I being me or somebody else, you know, could try to do the same thing and it wouldn't work. And my business might not grow the same way because maybe I'm not great at podcasting. Maybe it's more of an energy drain than it is exciting. And so I'd love to hear from you just like you've mentored so many people, you've consulted a lot of people. And like, we all are in the space of, we, we have something to say, we have something to offer, and we want to help as many people as humanly possible before we are no longer on this earth. And I'm curious your take on like, what is it that limits people from doing that? Like has them move towards a quick path to burnout as opposed to a quick path to, you know, impacting millions? Really good question. And there are, there are a number of reasons why. So since we're on the topic of asking people for help in whatever capacity that looks like, it's learning how to ask people for help who have a particular expertise that you are looking for in that moment to complete that particular project or step. It's, I mean, that's the first thing. And I, you know, when people think of asking for help or building a team, I think their mind goes so quickly to, but I don't have the budget to have a full-time team. I don't have the budget to bring someone on to be a full-time employee. You don't need full-time employees just yet. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you're listening to this and that is the next step. But it's thinking about how can I expand? How can I expand? How can I expand my reach? How can I expand my exposure? How can I expand my visibility? How can I expand my brand? How can I expand my programs and the containers that I am am holding space for people in through my containers? And again, look at your team, not just like full-time employees who you're paying a full-time salary. This could be in the personal category and in the professional category. If you are living with people in your home, enlist them to be part of your team. And what role are they playing on your team? Are they playing a role of making sure that you eat really healthy meals throughout the day? Are they playing the role of helping you um, take your kid to school and pick them up? You know, are they helping you clean your home, fold your laundry, take care of your animals, your pets? So you have the people living in your own home. You have groups of friends, groups of friends. I mean, that's something that you and I are hearing so much of entrepreneurs feel so lonely. And the only community they have is a community of of other people who are in the program that they are currently in, whether it's a program or a course or a mastermind or something of that nature. And the minute that they're no longer in that program, it's like all of a sudden you literally have no more community. So your community, your friends, your peers, that's part of your team. Another part of your team is helping you in business. And look, this could be anything. It could be long-term engagements with a team member. It could be short-term engagements with a team member. It could be, like I said, a photographer, a graphic designer. Um, maybe you need a videographer. Maybe you're hosting an event and you need people to support you with that. Maybe you are hosting an event and somebody is really great at um, speaking or mapping out what you're going to say from stage. And so you have some conversations or sessions or like fly them to your house and you map all that out with them. Sometimes we need that person just to be a sounding board. Sometimes we just need that extra perspective 
um, experience, uh, opinion, sounding board, strategic thinker in the room with us. I get brought in a lot for that. I mean, I just got off of hosting a VIP day and I was sharing with Nikki. She's like, so how did it go? I was like, I mean, I know I did a lot, but it felt like I didn't do a lot because every time I get, you know, brought in to do a VIP day with someone and their team, every at what someone needs, it's all different. And sometimes you are literally helping someone add an additional two to $3 million because you have a couple of ideas, a couple of ideas, but nobody else was thinking of those ideas because they don't have your perspective. They don't have your experience. So I would say it's, it's team, whatever that looks like for you. And it's knowing who to, who to grab, who to bring in at the right time for what it is that you need to keep the ball rolling forward in that particular moment in time or that particular season. And you don't have to make some kind of crazy commitment and like sign your life over or sign your budget over to have a team member. So start with where you're at, but know that you're going to be able to push your ball further, faster, and harder if you have other hands helping you do that. So that would be the the first thing. Any comments on that? Um, I completely agree with you. And I, I would just add, you know, even if you're an expert in a certain area, don't feel like therefore you have to be that expert for yourself. So like, I think VIP days are an excellent example. Like people can bring you in to consult or support them in areas where they don't have that expertise. And even in areas where they maybe can do some of the similar skills, but they can't do it for themselves. And like case in point last week, I think it was last week, this whole month has been weird (laughs) in terms of like what day it feels like. But last week I literally did a VIP day with someone to help me sort out my content plan. And I literally do that for other people, right? Like I literally have VIP days where I help people with their marketing and their content and all of that jazz, like their marketing strategy, whatever. But I needed it from somebody else for myself because sitting in a room by myself doesn't work. Like team Nikki of one, where I just keep wearing different hats doesn't work, especially as your business grows of certain sizes. And so Mm -hmm. um, I'm right there with you. Like people on your team in personal, professional, even in areas that you maybe feel like you should be able to do yourself. Like, I feel like I should be able to clean my house. Girl, if you can't do it, don't worry about it. If you don't have the time or capacity to do it, don't feel bad about it. You know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Do you want me to keep expanding on the capacity conversation? Do I? Yes. You were like one point. I feel like you had like multiple. So hit me with the next one. I do have multiples. And you know, you know, Almost all of it does relate to team in some form or fashion. Another human being is going to help you with with any of this. You know, another one, I I typically am working with people who at least like closely working with when I do like consulting work, it's largely people who have a program based on, or not a program, a business that has a model based on group programs whether you call it a mastermind, a group coaching program, a certification, a membership, a transformational program, whatever you call it, a group program-based business model. And a lot of people transition into that model because they max themselves out 
with the previous model they had, which typically is some some sort of one-on-one engagement with clients. And they max their time out. They want to have bigger impact. They want to reach more people. They want to have the opportunity to make more money. They want to expand their capacity. And so they do expand their capacity with a group program. And then what they usually do from there is they expand their capacity even further by creating additional group programs of some form or fashion. Maybe it's a program that's a downsell or a program that's an upsell, or they add on a certification program, or they add on some sort of membership subscription. And now they have three or four programs all running throughout the year. And, you know, I do want to come up with something that isn't team related or share something that isn't team related. Something that I see that will max someone out around like 300, usually like 300 to 500 or $600,000 a year with their group programs. And those are group programs that are priced higher than $10,000 a month. So like 10, 15, 20, $25,000 a month. It is because of the way that they have structured the, the curriculum in the program, the way that they have formatted the program. And what they've done is they have communicated to their clients verbally and the way that they've structured the program so that the client believes they can't be successful unless the coach or the business owner tells them exactly what to do and like signs off on anything they have put together or created before they launch it out into the real world. And what that creates is a lot of reliance on you. So rather than empowering the client to look for other resources or take it upon themselves to make decisions and then go out and test something out, peer-to-peer learning, using the resources that you have available, they just look at you and think that you're going to give them all the answers and they can't do anything unless they come to you. And I would say the biggest thing that's that has happened, look, like here's the truth. The majority of us went through traditional school growing up from kindergarten all the way through college. It's all taught the exact same way. And so that's how we learned how to teach and how to guide people from point A to point B. But it's not that effective. And what we weren't really taught how to do as kids in school is how to think for ourselves. We weren't taught how to be strong, bold, confident decision makers. And just because you're no longer in school and you're an adult who's made a lot of big life decisions like buying a house, having kids, getting married, all those big decisions, that does not mean that all of a sudden you are no longer in school and you 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 know how to make those types of decisions for yourself and you know how to think for yourself. And so when we get into a setting as a client where you're essentially back in school, because that's, let's just be honest, that's what a group program is. You're teaching, the adult is in school with you. They're gonna go right back and operate the same way they did when they were 10 years old or 15 years old or 20 years old in the classroom. Because in school, we were told, sit down, be quiet, do what I say, do your homework this way, do your classwork this way, show your work in math. And if you don't show your work in math, you're going to get points taken off. I can't stand that one. Even if you get the right answer, I'm not going to give you full credit for it. 
Well, all of us kids are now adults. And so as adults, we mimic the way that we experience school and learning when we were kids for like literally more than 15 years, you know, it was like 18 or 20 years of that. So we have like two things on our hands. Number one, we have coaches and leaders who are teaching and leading and guiding their adult clients who are students the same way they were taught by their history teacher and math teacher and whatever teacher in school, which was like probably the worst way of teaching people. And then we have clients who think that they're going to be the same kind of student they were when they were in school because that's all they have to compare it to. And so now we have these two things coming together that don't really work in the real world. They don't work in entrepreneurship because in entrepreneurship, you've got to make decisions all the time. You are constantly using your creativity, your imagination. And when you are creating this environment where your clients are relying on you and they're not even looking at your team, if you have team to support them, or they're not looking at each other as support pillars, or they're not looking at their own mind as a support pillar that's going to max out your capacity pretty quick. Like you're going to be maxed out probably around 30 clients and you are at your wits end. If all of your clients are operating that way, you're going to max out right around 30, which is about how many kids are in a classroom when we were all in school. It was 30 kids with one teacher. You couldn't have any more. And if you had more than that, it was chaos. It was either chaos in the classroom or more than 50% of your students didn't learn a doggone thing. And you basically like gave them a passing grade. It's no different in group programs with adults. It's no different at all. It's it's the same. It's the same thing happening all over again. You're just in a bigger body. Yeah. And I think what's interesting, and I'd love your your take on it, because I think you were talking about like $10,000 to $20,000 programs. Is that per year, roughly, mm-hmm. when people start doing this mm-hmm. stuff? So um, what what I think is interesting is that you have the leader of the program not all, but many believing that the value of the program comes from their interaction and the amount of time and the amount that they're giving to their clients. And then on the flip side, to your point, you have a number of clients that believe that the value in the program is access to the person that they just Mm -hmm. signed up with. And when then you have two things happening, you have a burnt out person, if they are actually giving all of that, or you have an unhappy client if you have are not giving them all of the time and one-on-one that they were expecting in this group environment or or like access to you. So I'm curious, like what needs in your thought and opinion, like what needs to change in the industry or like in the way that people communicate their programs such that you don't have that expectation on either end? Yeah, you said that really well and so succinctly. Like better than me. I'm going to go back and listen to this and like write down that for marketing copy, Nikki. <laughs> that was so good. And look, I could say a lot of things. What's coming to me because it's very top of mind for me right now is building programs that are a bit more based on community. In other words, build community-based programs. I'm a really, really big fan of peer-to-peer learning. And if you've ever been in a program or experience an event, a mastermind, whatever it was called, more than likely you learned more by experiencing conversations and collaborations with your peers in the room with you, whether virtual or in person. 
And furthermore, one of the biggest reasons why any of us stay in a group or a program or a mastermind is not because the coach is such a teaching us all this fabulous stuff. That's great. And we see value in that. But what keeps us there is the community. So it's expanding what's possible. You know, we're talking about what is going to expand your capacity. What is going to allow you to scale? Stop looking at business model to scale. Stop looking at just volume of people to scale and start looking at how can I design a community-based program where I'm basically tapping clients on the shoulder to become leaders within their own program. I mean, you and I, in the mastermind that we were in, it was a really good example of that. Even though you know it's smaller, there's a little less than 25 people, but we had a head coach who taught all the classes, but there was someone, there was a client in that actual program that was also the basically the client moderator, the class moderator. And that's the per, and then we had our accountability pods. And in our accountability pods, we had pod leaders. I was a pod leader. And I was a client tapped on the shoulder to lead a pod. Everybody has to meet every single week. So it's not like I was doing any kind of extra work except setting up a Zoom link and making sure everybody had the Zoom link. So there was no extra work to do. But if you look at that kind of a model, it makes it, there could be a hundred people in that program, not 25. And it would still be, I think, I actually think equally as effective because you have those smaller groups and you're creating leaders underneath leaders, but you're you're using the client base to do that. I'm in another organization as a client, um, also in the personal development category. And he does something really, really similar. And one of the first things I noticed when I went to my first event uh, out there in Arizona, the people in the room had been there for 10 or 15 years. And I was like, what on earth? Like, what keeps you coming back to this program and want to be a part of it for 10 to 15 years? Well, you keep deepening the work. But ultimately, what's deepening the work is not us sitting in chairs, listening to the guy stand at the front of the room, teaching content for 12 hours a day. It's the practicing of the work with each other, whether it's in pairs or small groups or larger groups. And so you're deepening your scope and understanding and use value for what it is you're being taught. And you're doing that through engaging with your peers. And, you know, there's just so much that comes from that as well. And then you're, you're way more likely to experience transformation because two things are happening, learning and engagement. And in fact, this is fact data proven in order for transformation to happen, learning and engagement must be taking place together, but it's actually one of the best ways to scale is create a community-based driven program. And I really think that's the direction that the whole industry is going to go in, in the next seven, like for the rest of this decade, it's going in that direction for sure. Yeah. And it'll only get there to your point. If people truly learn how to create an environment that supports peer-to-peer learning and community, because otherwise people won't stay in programs. People won't get the level of results that they necessarily want, or even if they get the results, 
they may just bounce to look for another place where they feel more supported from a community standpoint. So mm-hmm. I love what you're saying in terms of where the industry is going and also like where people can course correct and, you know, pick up the phone and call Meg, who I affectionately call MJ <laughs> and uh, call you up and say, Hey, you know, I have this program and I'm having retention problems or I'm having, you know, capacity issues and let's sort this out because understanding that this is where industry is trending, got to get ahead of the curve. Exactly. Yeah. So that, I mean, those two, you know, what we've talked about, you know, it scratches the surface of some of these capacity problems. Um, There's more, but those are two really big ones. Those are two big ones that can, can pretty easily be shifted as well. It's just a different way of thinking. And I think that is the most challenging part again, because we are mimickers, human beings mimic. And what I see a lot of folks doing who create group programs is they've designed and structured their group programs and they run them based on, they're just modeling it after the same group program they were in. And as long as that person made a whole lot of money, they're like, oh, that must be the way. Yeah. Even if they didn't like the program that they were in. Correct. That's like one of the most fascinating things. And I'm speaking as someone who did it. My first program was very much like a program that I was in that I did not like, but I thought that's how you had to do group programs. And I'm like, well, I'm a different person. Therefore it will be different. Not realizing that it's the structure and it's the, the lack of adult learning knowledge that created the, like created my program the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we have a bunch of which is fine. It's fine. We've got a lot of business owners in the coaching and expert industries who are not educate who are not trained educators. They're not trained on developing curriculum or learning development or learning disabilities. Adults have learning disabilities, right? Like it's not like they just disappear when you graduate from high school. You still have those. Uh you've got people with um different levels of emotional intelligence, different learning styles, different processing styles. And what we are noticing, all of us have been a client. So we are the product of going through programs that are taught in one particular style. And most leaders of group programs, coaches and experts, they design, create, structure, format, deliver, um, lead everything, their group program based on how they like to learn best and what works best for them, which is okay only for the, the population of your client base that is the exact same as you. If I taught and led a group program just based on my personal learning and processing preference, it would not work for the large majority of my members. It wouldn't because I actually represent probably the smallest percentage of the population in terms of how I function and learn and how self-motivated I am. I like to read a lot of stuff. I am not overwhelmed by information. That would probably work for 5%. If if I'm running a group program with a hundred people, it would work for five of them. And that's that's what I believe has really happened in our industry. We have a lot of business owners who want to make a lot of money, and that's great. 
That's awesome. But equally as important is you've got to design your programs and lead them and structure, structure them in a much more personalized way. And that's the other thing I think our industry is really going to, you know, we're going to more collaboration and team effort and support. We're moving into more of community-based programs, but we're also moving into uh, group models that are more personalized and customized to the individual learner, to the individual learner. Even though we're helping our clients get results, we're all still learners inside of programs. And you, like even you and I, Nikki, you and I might actually need to be led slightly differently through a curriculum. I mean, I know if, if my husband and I were in the same program together, you got to work with us in two different ways. It's not going to work. What works for me, 100% doesn't work for him. We're polar opposites when it comes to that. And um, you're going to have to you're going to have to do things differently with him than you do with me. With me, you're not really going to have to worry about me that much. With him, you are. And most people either just are not trained on that, don't recognize it, or don't want to deal with it and just say you're not an ideal client and they kick you to the curb. And that's what really has to change. I feel like you need to drop your mic and just be like, industry needs to change. So we, we went from capacity to what needs to change in the industry. Yeah. I mean, that's usually how our conversations roll. Like, yeah. You never really know where we're going to get, but it's usually like, this is where the world needs to change. World domination. Yeah. Let's talk about world domination on our show, on our podcast. So like, this is also a little taste of how our show is going to be too. Like, we're just going to talk about like really, really hot topics. It's going to be awesome. Agreed. Yeah. Well, thanks for um, having this brilliant idea to ask each other questions on the other person's show so we could get our episodes completed. Again, work smarter and work in ways that like do you boo, do what works best for you and be unapologetic about it. Cause we could have separately sat and suffered trying to record solo episodes today. Yeah. 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 You got to love the transparency too. That's something that's so important. I think we just need more of this. Like tell the people what it really looks like behind the scenes. Like what's the thought process look like? What does the decision-making process look like? Press go. The light is green. Walk through the door. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. Because real talk, just so people understand this, we decided to do these interviews about five minutes before we recorded said interviews. So like make a decision and take action. Don't like overanalyze it or overthink it. Just like, this is what I've decided. Let's move in this direction. Yeah. I call it rough around the edges. Let yourself (laughs) be rough around the edges. That must be a Southern thing. Nikki was like, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> like, I know loosely what like being rough around the edges means, but it's like not polished and stuff. But I was like, do you mean like in life? I was like, I literally shaved my head. So like, I was like, they're like, I shaved my edges. It's a little rough. Just joking. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm like, what are we talking about here? So yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks Nikki for coming on and asking me some questions It's a nice little change up from how we usually do our solo episodes. People got to hear two voices. So if you loved this episode, definitely share it. It's how we get the word out about the show. It is the number one way we get the word out about the show. If you have friends, peers, colleagues, family members that would really benefit from hearing this, press the share button and send it to them so we can increase our listenership. And if you got some extreme value from this, let us know and leave us a review and tell us what you learned, what was a nugget, and what would you like to hear next? 
and we'll be back after the holidays next week. So happy holidays. I'll see you before happy new year. And thanks again, Nikki. Anytime. Thank you so much for tuning into the built to last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.